Welcome to Truth Pod, the podcast that proclaims the truth of God's Word without shame or apprehension, where the Bible is the last word on any subject. I'm Russell, your host. Welcome back to Truth Pod. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. I hope that you find it a blessing and it aids you in your Christian walk and encourages you to grow and draw closer to Jesus and fall in love with him more and more. It seems like the longer I live, the more the world gets chaotic. People have seemed to have lost all rationale. In a Senate hearing a few weeks ago, a prospect was asked, Can men have babies? She said, Yes. <laughs> I don't know what world she is living in, but she is being politically correct. That philosophy says a lot of things that are ridiculous. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what he did at Golgotha. Thank you for your saving grace, that this was all your plan, to save us, to redeem us from our sins, bring us back into fellowship with you. Thank you, Father, for uh, those who listen to Truth Pod, and I pray your blessings upon them. Encourage them. Search their hearts today. Get to know them, Father. I pray, Father, for that one who's struggling. I pray for peace. I pray, Lord, uh, that you would help them. Help them to lean on you and lean into you and find their rest. Thank you for this word that we're going into, Lord, and I pray that you'd bless it. In Jesus' name, Father, amen. Well, I love these old songs, these old songs about the cross. You know, it's been I've been saved for 43 years, and I still sing these songs, and tears still fill my eyes. And I hope they do till the day I die. To the day I draw my last breath, you know, I want them to always move my heart. I want to be moved. I don't know about you, okay? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your your standing is. I don't know what your life is like, but here's mine. I want to always be moved by the cross. I'm going off script here, people. Forgive me. I want to always be moved by the cross. I want it always to impact my heart. If that makes me look like a buffoon, if that makes me look like a joke, if that makes me irritate people, whatever it may be, I don't care. It don't matter. I want to always be moved by the cross. You see, because that's where he found me. When I knelt and I called upon his precious name, oh, that's when he saved me. He changed my life. So I want to always be moved by what we're talking about. May my heart never Never get so hard that this can no longer touch it. May my heart never get so hard that it cannot feel what Jesus did for me. 
And now I'll go back on script. The song I've selected this week about the cross was written by Bill and Gloria Gaither. This song has a powerful message. I love singing this song. It has a powerful message about what Jesus did at the cross. It's called, It Is Finished. It's a lengthy song, but it's so good. Said so there's a line that's been drawn through the ages. On that line stands an old rugged cross. On that cross, a battle is raging for the gain of man's sin or his laws. A gain of man's soul, I'm sorry. For the gain of a man's soul or its loss. On one side march the forces of evil, all the demons and all the devils of hell. On the other, the angels of glory, and they meet on Golgotha's hill. The earth shakes with the force of the conflict, and the sun, it refuses to shine. For there hangs God's sun in the balance, and then through the darkness he cries. It is finished. The battle is over. It is finished. There'll be no more war. It is finished. The end of the conflict. It is finished. Jesus is Lord. Yet in my heart, the battle was raging. Not all prisoners of war have come home. These were battlefields of my own making. I didn't know that the war had been won. Then I heard that the king of the ages, you can hear the crescendo as it starts to go up in this verse. Then I heard that the king of the ages had fought all my battles for me and victory, victory was mine for the claiming and now, praise his name, I am free. Wow, what a song, what a song. Songs about the cross are meant to impact our hearts and move us into a deeper appreciation for what Jesus did for us. Check out these songs. If you're familiar with uh, YouTube, look them up. You'll find them. You'll find them and you can listen to them and enjoy them and be moved by them closer to him. We're currently in a series of studies I'm calling road to Golgotha, and it follows the life of Christ during his final week here on earth. Last week, I read 11 verses for my opening text, but there was so much to talk about in verse 5 that I didn't go any further than that verse. Remember, I don't want to rush to this, and it being my podcast, I get that choice. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of verses to cover, so let's turn to Scripture. John 19, 5 through 16 says this, So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And yes, you did hear this last week. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priest and officer saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! 
crucify him. Pilate said to him, or said to them, take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. I don't know, he might have said it. Behold your king. I'm not sure how he expressed it. And they cried, Away with him. Away with him. Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered them over to them to be crucified. <clears throat> crucify him. I want to talk about two scriptures here. Verses 6 and 15. Listen to the venom and hatred spewing from the mouths of the spiritual leaders and the crowd. They start a chant, crucify him, crucify him. You know, it's a chant going. They're, they're getting louder. Um, it, it's, you know, it's like if someone's talking and the crowd starts chanting, and, and we have some of this happening at, at town hall meetings and such, and and I heard about this one conservative speaker that was uh, speaking, and then all of a sudden, a dissident crowd started chanting, and he could not finish his speech. They just, you know, they just overtook the meeting with their chant. And it's what's going on here. The, they're crying out, crucify him, crucify him. <sighs> away with him, away with him cried the Jews, crucify him. I know I've said it before, but it bears repeating. What did he ever do to them to cause them to hate him so much? He even asked them in John 10, 32, Jesus said this in the English Standard Version. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? You know, he had did good. He was treating people, healing people. He was performing miracles. And, you know, he was um, 
loving people and and just enjoying people. And he and they're they're just they're hating him and wanting to destroy him. And at that moment they were picking up stones to stone him and you know. I get that the Pharisees and Sadducees hated Jesus because he exposed their hypocrisy. I can understand that part, okay? But the Jews, they were recipients of his miracles. There were probably many here who ate of the loaves and the fishes. I have seen these people lately, people with such venom and hatred that they carry it to the extreme. As recently as 2020, after George Floyd was murdered by a Minneapolis police officer, crowds began to pour out into the streets and protest. There is nothing wrong, please understand this, there's nothing wrong with peaceful, peaceful protest, okay? But they're being told, unless you make it violent, no one's going to listen. That's what they're being told. And this just is like throwing gasoline on a fire. I mean, it just erupts. It erupts. Now, not everyone that is involved in these crowds are are mean, mean spirited, and hateful. They're just caught up in the moment. Some, some, if you asked them, wouldn't even know, you know, what it was about. But it's just that few that just starts to become vicious and hateful, like the chief priest and the Pharisees. They incite a riot. And more recently, people were protesting in great numbers because of fear of Roe v. Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court because someone had leaked that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned. The following is just one event that took place during a protest. Listen to this. The headquarters of a Wisconsin family action in Madison was attacked by in the early hours of Sunday with a Molotov cocktail thrown through a window, starting a small fire and graffiti spray painted on the exterior wall. Nobody was hurt, but the building, you know, was greatly damaged. The graffiti read this, if abortions aren't safe, neither are you. They say that the protest are to protect the rights of women. But the real reason is to deny the babies the right to be born. You see, I, I can say this right here on this podcast, okay? And I will say it publicly. If I talk to you face-to-face, hey, I'll say it. The baby has a right to be born. If the woman is raped, that baby had nothing to do with that. But that life had started. Who are we to cut off that life? And Noah, this is, has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with God's creation, life, and that baby. You see, I don't understand how people can support these extreme behaviors. Just like the Jew, Jews and the religious leaders Extreme hatred of Christ. I don't understand that. It doesn't click with me. Okay? How they can uh, condone these extreme behaviors. 
Rome had several forms of execution. Okay, remember, they, they were crying out, crucify him, crucify him. All of them seemed barbaric and unbelievable. I couldn't imagine these happening, these uh, executions happening this way today. There were Here's a, a list, a few of them, okay? Death by sack, and I'll explain these later. Death by parasites, burned alive, crucifixion, and boiled in oil. The, the, all of these, horrible. The guilty were executed with topmost torture without showing any mercy. Mostly the slaves captured during battle and Christians were executed with the cruelest methods. These are but a few ways capital punishment was carried out. Let's take a closer look at these methods of execution. I got the following from history10.com and I quote, death by sack. This is the first one. Ponia. Pona, or something like a Pona Kule, also known as the punishment of a sack, was one of the most horrible Roman execution methods as the person guilty was packed in the sack and thrown into the water to die. This punishment was for the person guilty of parricide, meaning the killing of their father. The person who would be kept alive in a leather sack and a few animals, including a dog, a monkey, a snake, chicken, and rooster. And the sack would be tied and thrown into deep water to make sure the person inside the sack dies underwater. Then number two, there was death by parasites. Death by parasites was another horrible Roman execution method destined by, by Emperor Domitian, especially for the Christians. Under this method, the guilty would be put inside a barrel after muddling with milk and honey. So in other words, a person was just soaked in milk and honey. The whole body would be kept inside the barrel, whereas the head would be sticking out from the barrel. The barrel would then be kept out in the bright sunlight for the body to rot. Wow, that's... Three, the third one, burned alive. Another method of horrible execution in Rome, ancient Rome included burning alive, also known as immolation. This was a method applied to a person guilty of heresy, witchcraft, rape, and treason. Under this method, the culprit or guilty person would be tied to a high pole and a papyrus-based tenue was whacked with wax put on the body. Unfortunately, the wax would sometimes be mixed with the fat from pigs and the person would die due to exposure to extreme heat. This was a method used for mass execution instead of executing a single person. And then boiled in oil. Boiling in oil was an ancient or was another method of execution used in ancient Rome. This method was mainly for coin forgers, rapists, and murderers. This was first used in ancient Rome during the reign of Emperor Nero to execute thousands of Christians, blaming them for the great fire 
The fire burnt more than half of Rome and killed hundreds and injured thousands of Roman citizens. Emperor Nero then began punishing the Christians for this, for which he executed them under many methods, including burning alive and boiling in oil itself. Fifth, crucifixion. The most common and horrible Roman execution method was the crucifixion. Under this method, the culprit or guilty person would be nailed to the cross and left there hanging until death. The person nailed would be tortured in multiple different ways before death. For instance, the person's shoulders would be dislocated before hanging. Sometimes the cross would be made upside down and the sledgehammer would be used to break bones or legs. The legs would be broken to make sure the guilty would not be able to move his leg and make himself comfortable while hanging. It was not just painful, but the most humiliating method of execution. It was primarily used to punish pirates, enemies of the states, and slaves. If any slave murdered his master, all the slaves belonging to the master's army would be crucified. Conclusion, I'm still quoting here, any era's executing method would be horrible as the intention was to kill the guilty or the culprit. For me, ancient Rome's most gruesome and horrible execution methods have to be the death by parasites and boiling in oil. The person being executed would have to stay tortured for a couple of weeks when the minor parts of the body would be eaten by insects and rot slowly. Though all the execution methods are horrible, if anyone had to be execution that executed, that person would be in peace if executed in the shortest time. Unquote. This final form of execution is the way Jesus told Nicodemus that he would die, meaning crucifixion. Jesus said in John 3:14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He was talking about crucifixion. You know, when I was a young Christian and reading that, just just a babe in Christ, I thought it meant, you know, like lifted up in praise, you know, but he was talking about crucifixion. I wonder if Nicodemus kept this in mind when the Pharisees were plotting the Savior's death. Capital punishment today. I want to read this by um, this is by deathpenaltyinfo.com and I quote the primary means of execution in the U.S. have been hanging, electrocution, the gate, the gas chamber, firing squad, and lethal injection. The Supreme Court has never found a method of execution to be unconstitutional though some methods have been declared unconstitutional by state court, courts, unquote. There are arguments on both sides of the aisle about if they dissuade criminals from committing horrendous crimes, you know, if executions actually, you know, deter crime. Some say they should be canceled altogether because of the possibility of error. You know, I mean, we all make mistakes, and there have been people been in prison for years and been and then be to be found out that they were innocent, whatever by whatever means. You know, I subtitled this 
crucify him. You know, because that's what they're shouting. That's what the crowds were shouting. And that's why I focused on the two verses uh, where the chief priests were crying out, crucify him, you know, in their rage and anger. And then the crowds are crying out, crucify him. You can almost see the steam coming out of their ears. They're no doubt sweating profusely, yelling at the top of their lungs, crucify him. This is their main agenda. This is it. Number one, this is all they want from Pilate, this crucify. There was no, there was no honesty, honesty in this trial, in the trial of Christ. There was no, there was no justice as far as, you know, he was, he was a righteous person. He was perfect individual, perfect uh, with no sin whatsoever. So there was no real justice in this sense. Yes, the justice of God was satisfied because the innocent lamb was suffering to pay for the sins of man. This is the only result they would be satisfied with. They wanted, wanted him dead. You know, they wanted Christ dead. Not just beaten to a bloody pulp, but crucified. Crucified. See, this. now this week I've read some pretty serious stuff, some pretty heavy stuff, talking about, you know, forms of execution, forms of uh, the way the Romans would, you know, terminate, execute criminals. And not a one of them was meant to be kind. They were meant to be vicious. They were meant to set an example to the crowd that this is what happens when you cross the Roman Empire. They were, they were meant to strike fear in the hearts of individuals who were viewing what was taking place. They were meant to deter crime. Oh, and it worked. Oh, it worked. So a lot of times what took place was the innocent were being killed. Christians. Christians. They were crucified because many of them were, many of them were burnt at the stake, as I read a little bit ago. Uh, they were executed because they called Jesus Lord, not Caesar, Jesus. And that didn't go well. That didn't go well. They, uh, you know, they were told, if you just would say Caesar is Lord. But no, they would not. They said Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of all of my life, from very beginning to very end. From my first breath to my last, he is Lord of all. I will follow him to the day of my death. He is my all in all. Oh, and this burned, burned uh, the Roman government. I mean, inside they seethed, they grew with anger and uh you know, rage against these Christians who would, you know, praise anyone else other than 
Caesar. But it was because they met him. Oh, they didn't they didn't meet him physically, but they met him. They heard about the man from Galilee. They heard about how he <laughs> how he healed the sick, how he gave sight to the blind, how he fed the multitudes, how he spoke as no one else had ever spoke, and how he loved the sinner. They heard about him. And in hearing, they, they said, I want to follow him. I want to follow him. The story is told of, uh, and I hope I can remember and recall it to quote it to you, told of a, a slave auction taking place in 1800, and I don't know, I would assume the 50s or the 60s. And then there's, there's this black person up there being auctioned off. This young man comes up there, says, I want to buy this person. And he doles out the money that they're asking. He buys this slave. And this slave thinks, oh, I've got to go with this person, you know. And... And this person tells the slave, follow me, come with me, and we're going to go to the courthouse. And, they, and they, why? Because I'm letting you go. <laughs> the slave, what? Why? Because you're not a slave. You're free. And they couldn't believe it. Now, if I don't get this story completely right, forgive me and, you know, tell it to me and I'll enjoy it. And the person couldn't believe it. The slave couldn't believe it. Why would this person who had just spent money, hard-earned money, and bought them as a slave would now want to set them free? But they said, you're free. You're After we take care of this, you're going free. And um, the slave says, I, I, don't, I don't want to go free. You know, and uh, the guy says, you're free. You don't you don't have to come with me. He says, the slave says, no, I don't want to go free. I want to follow you. The man was Abraham Lincoln. And I thought, wow, what an example of Christ. You see, he found me one day when I was a slave. I was in my sins. And I was enjoying them, and I thought they were the best thing that ever happened to me, you know. But then he walked by. And he says, I'll pay for them. The full price. Everything. The whole thing. I'll pay it. I'll pay it all. How could I help? I want to follow him. When I look back over my life the past 43 years and I, I see how amazing he has been. Oh, I've had some struggles. I've had some battles. Had some sad times. 
hard times. And all of them, all of them have caused me to look deeper into him. They have not come without merit. And it almost, it almost makes me say thank you for those times. For all the hurts that I ever went through. For all the pain that I have ever experienced. Because it made me come to you, Jesus. Made me look to you. <laughs> when you think of them that way, you, you see them in a whole different light. See, these Christians that suffered for his name, they would absolutely tell you, if they stood before you and you asked them this question, was it worth it? They would, have, they would say, absolutely. It was the least I could have done. The least. Because of what he's done for me. My friend, we serve a great and wonderful God, amazing beyond comprehension. His love is absolute. He loves you today. You are the desire of his heart. If you don't know him, please, please, just tell him, I want to know you. I don't know you right now. I want to know you, and I am sorry for my sins. I, I, I am a sinner. According to the Bible, your word, I'm a sinner. And I want to know you. Please forgive me and come into my heart. And you know what? He will. You might have stumbled over the words. You might have messed them up. You might have not put them right way. It don't matter. Because he loves you. He's oh so eager to grab you up and hug you. And love you. Child of God, you're not forgotten either. You might be there thinking, I, I'm feeling so lonely now. I'm feeling so, so forgotten or, or depressed. Whatever it may be. I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you this. If you'll take it to Jesus. And if you'll remember what he did on Golgotha for you you can find a new love and a new joy in Jesus Christ as Lord of your life he is worth it all he's worth it all I know I, again here I am I didn't talk a lot about the scriptures I did talk about two of them and I thought it was important to talk about crucify him that very word, crucify him. I don't know that they really comprehended what they were saying. I don't know that they really understood what they were involved in. But what they were involved in was going to change history. Because the one that was involved was going to change history and change as many as would come to him. What amazing Savior we serve. 
It's hard for me to stop. I'm sorry. I need to. I need to stop. Here I am, 35 minutes into this. Uh, God loves you today. I just want to remind you that he's never stopped loving you. There hasn't been a time that he said, well, I'm tired of this person. No. He loves you. Go to him. Next week, I'll continue with these scriptures as we travel on the road to Golgotha. Let me end this podcast by asking you this question. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? If not, you can. He loves you and wants you to be a part of his family. The first thing for you to do is admit you're a sinner and you cannot save yourself. Second, believe that he died for you and ask him to forgive your sins. Third, thank him for saving you and commit to living the rest of your life for him. If you have any questions or prayer requests, just email me at truthpod at yahoo.com.